You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. We'll talk some TCU football here in segment number one. I'm Stephen Simcox, your host. Then in segment two, we'll give you an update on Mike Miles and his injury status and if he'll be available uh, tomorrow. That's still sort of up in the air as the Frogs get ready to take on Oklahoma State on Tuesday night, or I guess tonight because you're listening to this on a Tuesday. Anyway, uh, I want to start today, though, with some talk about transfers that are coming into TCU. We, we spent some time yesterday discussing how they wrapped up their signing class, focused on some of the young men that are coming from high school. Uh, but TCU has been very active in the transfer portal. So as we sit here today, the question I wanted to sort of throw out there is which transfer do you think will have the biggest impact on TCU football going into the season? I'll quickly kind of run down who we're looking at here. Uh, transfer linebacker Johnny Hodges coming over from Navy. Um, defensive lineman Dewalu Gok coming over from UConn. Traylon Smith, the running back from Arkansas. Mark Perry, the safety from Colorado. Amani Bailey, running back from Louisiana. Jared Wiley, tight end from Texas. Alan Ali, uh, offensive lineman from SMU. Ish Burdine, another safety from Missouri. And then Terrence Cooks, who's originally from Shadow Creek, but he uh, spent last year at the University of Texas. And then a couple JUCO guys, Doug Blue Eli, the big defensive lineman out of Moreau College, and uh, Namdi Abazor, the safety from Iowa Western Community College, which is one of the better JUCOs in the country. Um, so first off, I think this is a really intriguing question because my mind first went to Doug Blue Eli because he's this big force in the middle. And we've discussed this over the last few weeks and months that he's part of the transition for the TCU defense into bigger, stronger, more physical guys on the defensive line, especially when you're talking about that interior defensive line because of that 3-3-5 scheme that they're going to run into Joe Gillespie. Um, but I, I simply don't know enough about Doug and his play at Monroe College to say with confidence I think he's going to be the player with the biggest impact. Uh, Luwalu Gok, another um, defensive lineman coming over from UConn. I think there's some potential there, but he didn't have any sacks last season. Uh, you know, the numbers don't jump off the page. Um, the running backs with another option that I thought of, Imani Bailey and Traylon Smith. And I think both of those guys will be good, but... Smith coming from Arkansas, Bailey coming from Louisiana. The reason I didn't go with either of these guys is because I just feel like they're going to split carries with Kendra Miller. I'm not sure who's going to emerge as the dude, but I feel like there's going to be enough distribution there and uh, enough snaps that are sort of interchangeable that you don't see one guy just emerge from the pack necessarily as a dominant player. Um, Allen Ali, I feel like he could be a good depth piece for the offensive line. And then you have a number of safeties. Ish Burdine from Missouri showed the ability to make some plays there at Mizzou. Uh, at linebacker, you have Johnny Hodges. But 
from from Navy, excuse me, the, the two players that I am most focused on, and maybe there's a bias here because they're both from the University of Texas, uh, Terrence Cooks, the linebacker, and then Jared Wyler, the tight end. So you have an offensive and defensive situation. Now, Cooks was a highly rated recruit, uh, went to Shadow Creek, which is one of the better high schools in the Houston area. Um, and he's sort of your prototypical middle slash inside linebacker. I think he'll fit in really well. He seems to have good instincts. But the player I'm going with is Jared Wiley. And I, I got to see Jared a little bit. He's from Temple, which is uh, an area that I used to cover when I was covering high school football. So I, I watched Jared play. He was a quarterback in high school. He's got a huge frame. He's 6'7", 255. I think he's actually beefed up a little bit more than that. But big, big guy that you can use in the middle of the field. I think he will instantly become a red zone threat. Um, and part of the reason I say this, he's going to have the biggest impact. Part of the reason is because TCU just hasn't had any luck with tight ends, right? Like that's not a position that they have uh, used much. That's not a position that they have um, been very active in, in scouting and finding talent. Pro Wells has had his moments. He wasn't as consistent as you would hope to, as you would hope he would be. Um, but I like Wiley because that big physical frame, at the very least, he's someone that can come in and be sort of an inline blocker. But I, I think Texas missed an opportunity to use him in the passing game. And Sonny Dex likes to use those tight ends over the middle. There's going to be so much attention to these wide receivers, both on the outside with Quentin Johnson and Sticks and Savion Williams, and on the inside with Darius Davis and Tay Barber, that I feel like Wiley could come in and sort of be under the radar and be a security blanket for whoever ends up uh, becoming the starting quarterback for this TCU football team when the fall rolls around. So I like Jared Wiley as sort of the impact player guy to watch uh, as a transfer to come in and make things happen. I think he's going to be a big-time force in the passing game for TCU. And I feel like it's a welcome change-up from what they've seen at that position in the past few years. Um, and especially, as I said earlier, especially in the red zone, just his ability to kind of box out a defender or go out and get a jump ball um, make some plays in short yardage by clearing out some space. These are all going to be uh, abilities that he can showcase right away. So I, I like his potential. I like where he is right now. Um, I'm going to go with Jared Wiley as your biggest impact transfer player when the fall rolls around for TCU football. And the great thing about this is we'll probably see more transfers down the road. I expect to see a few more before fall camp starts, so there might be a different answer before we get revved up um, in the summer and fall. When we come back, we'll talk some TCU basketball. This is Locked On Horn Frogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, Locked On Horn Frogs, let's close up shop here on a uh, Tuesday. So, some updates from TCU basketball. First, Damian Ball, he received an honor from the Big 12. He was named Big 12 Newcomer of the Week, averaged 18 points and six rebounds a game in a contest against Oklahoma and Kansas. Shot 52% from the floor. The Memphis transfer has been really big for TCU. He has been a fun player to watch. I said this, the Iowa State, he's had some, some big-time moments in a lot of games, but the Iowa State game 
to me was sort of uh, his coming out party and in a way that he solidified himself as just one of those special players this season. But his confidence is infectious. I think the spirit he brings on the floor is huge. The energy he brings on the floor, he's a good defender. He makes he makes plays on both ends. And yeah, he does he turn the ball over a little bit too much? Yes, he does. Is there some frustration with the Damian Ball show? Is it a little unpredictable? Yes. But uh, I think it's a huge net positive for this team overall. And since Maxwell Evans and Shada Wells went down basically as the season was starting, Boz had to play more more minutes than he expected, excuse me. And I think he's done a great job and done the best he could uh, considering the circumstances. Um, Mike Miles, according to Colin Post from TCU 360, is still listed as day-to-day. Nothing definitive news-wise that came down this afternoon or evening. Uh, Post said in a tweet, I'm told that TCU guard Mike Miles is being evaluated day-to-day. He did not practice on Sunday. Or excuse me, he did practice on Sunday, but he will still likely be a game-time decision for tomorrow night against Oklahoma State. Um, Yeah, need Mike on the floor. I mean, I think even if he's limited, it would be beneficial for him to be on the floor. It would give uh, Francisco Farabello and Damian Ball a spell to at least rest a little bit at times. You hope that Mike can get out there and shoot, but I think even if he can't, just the attention that he uh, brings and demands from an opposing defense will uh, allow other players on the team to have opportunities to score. Oklahoma State, that was another game they let slip away. You know that K State game was that K State loss was frustrating on Saturday, but honestly, it was a it was a situation where they weren't really in it for the most part. I mean, they never really had a lead other than the first couple minutes of the game. They cut it to two at one point in the second half, but could not sustain that run and get back uh, to having a lead or, or really push K State too much. Um, the other game that they dropped this year that was sort of inexcusable or that you'll look back on if things go south later in the season is that Oklahoma State game where they're up nine with about two and a half minutes left. Looks like they're going to cruise to a victory in Stillwater, and then the wheels just came off, turning the ball over, missing free throws. Uh, Oklahoma State goes down and starts scoring bucket after bucket, and all of a sudden you look up and they lose by a point to the Cowboys. So a chance to rebound uh, tonight against the Pokes at home. Hope there's another good atmosphere. Um, that's been a, a great thing this year, and you just you want to see uh, you want to see it come together and and for the Frogs to get a victory with the great home crowd. Now I will say this: I think in a lot of ways this is a must-win game for TCU. It would put them at five and four halfway through the Big Twelve season. Um, but we've said this many times, you have a m- much tougher schedule coming up in the second half of, of the Big 12 slate. However, I do think there's some reason for optimism. Now, Kansas and Baylor and Texas Tech, and, and I would throw Texas in this mix as well. They're playing well these days. These are all really good teams. Um, however, I don't think there's just one dominant team in the conference. Now, KU is really, really good. Uh, as it looks like they might actually fall to Texas here um, in Austin. Baylor is really good. Texas Tech's really good. But you don't have that one team that is just significantly better than everybody else. And 
that works in TCU's favor. Now, that being said, you still, you're still going to go out there and find a way to win in some games that you're not going to be favored in. That's going to be the challenge for TCU basketball moving forward. But Iowa State, I mean, it seems like the wheels have kind of come off there. You get the Cyclones at home. That's an opportunity for a victory. West Virginia, you play them twice. And the ears obviously have Bob Huggins. They're going to press you. They're going to play that unique style. And they've been really good for a number of years. Taz Sherman is a dude that can score. McNeil's a dude that can score. However, that's another team that has had a rough go of it so far this season. So I think there's still opportunities even after tonight to get victories. But this would go a long way in uh, helping you as far as getting in the tournament. Um, also, according to Colin Post from TCU 360, the latest rankings, uh, Ken Palm has TCU as the 57th best team in the country. The net rankings have them at 55. They did not get any votes in the AP Top 25 poll this uh, this current week. So you're going to have to win some more games. I mean, they're not squarely on the bubble necessarily. We'll see what Joe Lenardi, he comes out with a full bracket on Tuesday. So we'll see what he says about TCU and where they are. But um, that was a, a significant loss to Kansas State, and it dropped them in you know some of these team rankings. So we'll see if they can bounce back and find a way to beat Oklahoma State on Tuesday. We'll be back on Wednesday with coverage of that game and more. This is Locked on Horned Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.